Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your guest host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. The HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional service to your organization, HR just works. In today's episode, we're bringing back our friends at Sweetwater, the number one e-commerce provider of music instruments and audio gear in the U.S., to speak with their senior vice president and chief people officer, Jeff Osterman. Jeff is responsible for providing leadership to Sweetwater's human resources group, while also continually developing new ways for the company to invest in the growth of its team members to further its unique and industry-leading culture. This summer, Sweetwater will be welcoming a team of 45 interns to their sprawling campus in Fort Wayne, Indiana, for a 12-week program. Working across various departments, including accounting, customer service, event production, guest services, human resources, marketing, IT, sales, and service, Sweetwater's internship program is aiming to provide first-class, real-world experience in a fast-paced, collaborative environment. With the summer months upon us, I couldn't think of a better time to speak to Jeff and learn what it takes to build a successful internship program, one that really brings value to both the students and the business. Let's check out the episode. Jeff, welcome to the HR Works Podcast. Thanks for the opportunity, Josh. Good to be with you. Uh, Thanks for coming on. So before we jump in, Jeff, can you just start off by talking us through your career path and sharing what led you to pursuing a career in human resources? Sure. Well, I've got a little bit of a non-traditional background for human resources. I actually began my career many years ago in corporate finance. I had initially way back in college thought I might go work on Wall Street or something like that. Decided that I wanted to go a more corporate route. Uh, dove into that for a few years, uh, really enjoyed it, but then began to realize I, I wanted to have a little more personal feel to my work. I had worked in some really large Fortune 500 organizations, had a lot of good experience with that, but uh, felt in some cases like I was kind of disconnected from the front lines and, and maybe getting a little bit closer to people. And so didn't really know exactly what that meant. I went back and did my MBA and ended up transitioning to working with a small boutique private equity company and working really closely with senior leadership teams, doing some impact investing, uh, doing some due diligence on on private equity transactions, doing some leadership development work with some of the teams we had worked with, and also had kind of an interesting parallel path in that organization with working on the philanthropic side of the organization, so also doing some similar type of work with some nonprofits that we were supporting. So spent about six years doing that, really loved it, and then came over to Sweetwater about 10 years ago. And uh, Sweetwater, just for a little bit of context, we were founded back in 1979 by a gentleman who started the company out of the back of his VW bus, kind of one of those really cool entrepreneurial success stories. And we've grown through the years to be now a $1.4 billion company with 2,500 employees. Uh, But when I came to Sweetwater, we were starting an affiliate set of companies, some other businesses, uh, mostly in our region that needed some leadership and guidance. And I kind of had that background in the prior six years of working with a lot of different kinds of companies and helping coach and support their leaders. And so I came over to do that with Sweetwater and spent about eight years growing our affiliate companies and, and helping develop the leaders that were shaping those organizations And then a couple of years ago, we decided that there was just a a real natural connection between what I'd been doing and developing people in those businesses and kind of where we thought the HR function within Sweetwater could go. Uh, We we had a a very lean, nimble team in HR for a long time, 
Uh, but it also been like maybe some other HR groups are out there a little bit more reactive, a little bit more functional, a little bit more, uh, hey, you've got people you need to hire. Let's go find them for you. And, and then maybe we clean up some of the, the messy people related situations when they come up. But we wanted to begin to take a much more proactive, strategic approach to it. And so we started talking about it. And, and when I was talking with our CEO at the time, I said, you know, I've never really been in HR before in, in a formal way. I said, but in my mind, it doesn't seem any different than running a business. We've, we have products and services and we have customers we have to serve. Our customers just happen to be employees and candidates and hiring managers. Right. And so I said, it feels to me like we would just be kind of approaching this as any other business. And how do we provide a high level of service to the customers that we have, and we just happen to call it HR. And we all agreed that's kind of how we wanted to think about it. And so I said, well, then then that sounds great to me. So uh, I jumped in, we created this new chief people officer position. And then over the last couple of years, we've, we've been on this journey of kind of modernizing and elevating the role of HR within our company, all the while also navigating everything that everyone's been through the last two years. Uh, especially COVID. I, I, in fact, stepped into HR six weeks before COVID broke. Uh, so that changed some of our best laid out plans, but it's still been a pretty interesting journey. Oh, absolutely. And again, your journey to this point is, is really interesting. And I do love in talking with so many members of the HR community that everyone has a unique path of getting to human resources, right? It's not just from day one saying, this is where I want to be. Sometimes you find it through just what your passions are and pursuing your passions and career growth. Thank you for sharing that, Jeff. Yeah, you bet. So, Talk to me a little bit more about what you currently work on and oversee as Chief People Officer at Sweetwater. Yeah, so we've got a, a pretty strong talent acquisition group within our area. Uh, we do all of our recruiting and hiring talent acquisition in-house. Uh, we are not don't typically use outside search firms, so we've built that function internally. Uh, have a really strong team that chases that and is using some pretty modern approaches to talent acquisition. Uh, including doing recruiting through social media. Uh, we've hired people that we've reached out to via Instagram and, and some other channels. So they're kind of cutting edge with a lot of work they're doing. Uh, and then we've got uh, kind of your typical comp and bend team that's doing some of the administrative aspects of HR. Uh, and then we've really been growing what we've called uh, employee well-being over the last couple of years. And we've wrapped uh, learning and development, we've wrapped diversity and inclusion, uh, and we've wrapped our whole sort of holistic approach to employee health into that group uh, because we really fundamentally believe at the end of the day, it's about taking care of people in all of those different areas, though I think they sometimes get segmented in HR. I think they all lead up to what are we doing to care for people well across all these different aspects of their life. Uh, so we have one point person that, that's running that with some different team members, and we're really focused uh, pretty significantly on how are we shaping employees' health, overall well-being from a, a physical standpoint, from a mental health standpoint, uh, from a financial health, from a social health, and from a professional health. So we've got kind of this five-factor framework that we use, and uh, that's been a big part of our initiative over the last couple of years is to bring people in and, and of course help them carve out a career path at Sweetwater and do good work and help us serve our customers, uh, but also trying to support them in life in any way that we can. 
That's great. And a really interesting approach. And we had had that opportunity to speak with that colleague you mentioned, Dr. Crystal Walker, uh, just recently. And she shared those five factors in that framework of employee wellness. And it was really interesting, again, to look beyond just work-life balance or just fitness, but to go beyond that into the financial piece, into the professional growth was really great to hear about. And again, for any of our listeners who are interested in that, we do have an episode fully dedicated to Dr. Crystal Walker, which I recommend listening to. But in this episode, we actually brought Jeff on to talk about the internship program. So not just your current employees, but the program to lead up to those prospective employees. So if you could start us off by just sharing a bit more about your internship program that's being offered at Sweetwater and really what makes that program unique, I'd love to hear it. Sure. Well, we love the idea of intersecting with individuals at the beginning of their career journey. So we've been running the program for many years now, and it's grown every year. Uh, This summer, we have 48 interns that are participating. So it's our largest class ever uh, across a variety of areas. So we've got internships and everything from uh, accounting to sales to software engineering to campus events that we do here on our headquarters campus and and everything in between. And and our approach is really that we want it to be a very intensive, hands-on, you're doing the work sort of internship. Uh, I think many of us may have have done internships in the past where you come in and shadow and kind of maybe shuffle papers around or go run coffee for people, things like that. Uh, that's not what we do is we we recruit when we talk to folks about the internship and say, uh, we're going to bring you in and you're going to be a fully functioning member of the team. Of course, we know there's going to be a learning curve there and you're going to ramp up into some things, uh, but we want you to be able to get hands on and really get a sense for what it is that the job you're looking at would be like if it was a career that you wanted to continue in, but also truly have the pride of making a valuable contribution to our team in the time that you're here. Uh, So one of the implications of that is uh, that all of our interns are juniors and seniors in college. So we don't branch down into high school uh, and we really don't even take uh, those who are earlier in their college career, partly because the work is so intensive that it really does require individuals to have gained enough skill sets, even through their college education, that they're able to contribute those to us right away. So that, that's probably how we focus it, is juniors and seniors in college. Uh, and then we do an extensive recruiting effort uh, throughout the entire year to fill that summer class. We open up applications in December. Uh, we do some active sourcing to fill those positions. We have a number of university relationships uh, that we reach into to find some of those candidates as well. Uh, over the last couple of years, we've put it, turned on a much bigger focus on uh, establishing some HBCU relationships. And so we've been very intentional uh, in de- building a diverse pipeline for our internship program as well. And, uh, and then once we get them here, we, we orient them, we get them plugged into their teams really quick. Uh, but then we also make a real intentional effort of building community among them. And so they're fully fully immersed in the work and doing it. Uh, but then we have a lot of learning sessions uh, throughout the summer. So they get to meet most of the leaders of our company, spend time with them, uh, learn from their perspectives and insights, uh, and then a lot of social events too. So they kind of build a community amongst themselves. And you know, we've had intern groups in the past that have made highlight reel videos that we've gone on to use in, in even some of our intern recruiting efforts that we, we were made by interns and and are still bearing fruit for us today. So 
we try and make it a really fun, immersive experience, but also one where they're, they're truly getting the benefit of doing the work. That's so great. Immersive was the key word I was really taking out of that as well, as you were explaining. And from what I was reading, 45 interns joining this class and putting them through a full experience of being a part of the Sweetwater team and really joining the workforce too. I mean, so many of these interns and prospective employees, this may be their first time really in the corporate setting. You're giving them that experience in a 12-week program. Yeah, that's right. And and we've we've historically ended up hiring more than 50% of the interns that we have in any given class. And so the other benefit to to that approach for us is that we, we've got a, a very caring, a very welcoming, a very friendly uh, corporate culture, but it is also very high, high paced and, and we expect a lot of our employees. And so even when we branch down into the internship program, we didn't want to soften that too much is if you were really going to consider a career at Sweetwater for the long haul, we felt like we had to create an intern experience where you got a full taste of that. And it was the only honest and candid way to do it would be to say, let's give you the real thing as a real full team member here. Uh, and that then gives you a good honest look of, hey, is this the type of pace? Is this the type of effort that I can see myself putting into my career on the long haul? And if you end up liking what you experienced in the summer, then there's a good chance you're going to love being an employee with us uh, here as well. And so it, it just kind of connects back to creating the context for hopefully it, as many of them who are interested coming on with us full time at the end of their internship. Sure. You're creating a great pipeline there, too. As you mentioned, about 50 percent of your interns end up coming on to Sweetwater. You know what they're bringing to the table or have an idea of, of who that employee is. So they can be integrated right into the group and have a sense of corporate culture and the speed of working at Sweetwater immediately. That makes sense and really benefits the employer, the business, as much as it benefits the interns. Yeah, absolutely. And then even for the ones we don't end up hiring, you know, in many cases, it'll be after they've had the experience. It may not be that they don't see themselves as Sweetwater, but through the experience, they've they've learned or discovered that they have a different career path in mind. And, and maybe they thought they wanted to go into inventory management or something like that, but now they realize, no, there's something else they've developed a passion for. And we celebrate that too, is that that is a, a real benefit of the program is creating that opportunity for some discovery. And, and we know that not everyone is gonna wanna land with us at the end of the day, but even if they don't, if we've kind of helped move them forward in that journey, then we consider that to be a big win also. Absolutely. So what does it take to then run a successful internship program, something that really brings value to both the students and the business who's hosting the program? Yeah, well, first and foremost, we've got a couple individuals on our HR team that facilitate the program. So we, we've got some dedicated resources that, that really drive this forward. Uh, it's not a full-time effort for them throughout 12 months out of the year. Uh, but I would say for eight to nine months out of the year between the, the talent acquisition portion of it, the recruiting for the intern class, and then the program facilitation, it ends up being a significant chunk of their work. So we, we've made a real investment to turn it into a world-class program, and it does just require the, the people to manage it. For example, to get to the 45 interns that you mentioned this last year, uh, we received over a thousand applications into the program, and of those, ended up doing about 600 interviews. Wow! To, to whittle it down to the 45. Candidly, that's probably actually more applications than we would like to receive, because that's a lot of extra uh, 
it does give us a sense of, of how hot the program is and how much demand there is to get into it. Uh, but it takes time to weed through that. And, and so we put the resources to it. And, and the other part of it is, I think it's just a real commitment to understanding who it is that you're looking for. And, and we're not looking for uh, just warm bodies or people to come in and check a box, but we're looking for individuals the same as we would with any full-time hire uh, that are high character, high competency individuals that are really going to add to the value of the culture here at Sweetwater. And we tell all of our employees, uh, when you come to be a part of our company, you're either adding to the credibility of the company or you're taking it away. There is no neutral. Uh, so it's one or the other. And we need to bring in people that are going to be adding to the credibility of the company each and every day. And so there's a lot of effort that goes into selecting the right talent to come into the internship program. Uh, and, and so that's a big focus for us as well. Yeah, there's a lot of intent with picking that class too is what I'm taking away. It's not just grabbing the first person that comes in or anyone from the list. You're really doing your due diligence to find that right fit, the right additive to the Sweetwater corporate culture where there's benefits from both sides and both teams can gain something from that. Again, bringing in prospective potential employees to the group, even if, as you mentioned, they don't say they can leave an impact. So putting that intent and putting that extra work on the front end seems like a crucial part of really building that program. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other part that's been helpful for us is the individuals that we have running point on managing the intern program. Uh, actually, both of them are former Sweetwater interns themselves and are just a few years into their career. Uh, so we've entrusted them with a lot of responsibility to manage the program. Uh, but the other benefit of that is they can relate pretty well uh, to, to the intern class. And you know, I'd like to think that I could do a good job running it, but truth be told, I'm a little bit further along in my career and, you know, probably have a different way of connecting with a 20 with a something. Uh, and so that's been intentional on our part, too, is they, they can speak the language, they can understand just a little bit more closely what season of life uh, the interns are in. And that brings a different level of energy and enthusiasm to the program. So we, we've been very intentional in that way also. Right. And so many of us see as you get further along in your career, you lose touch to what that newest entrant into the workforce is looking for. So yeah, having somebody who, again, came through the program can speak to the benefits and really what can be taken out of the internship program to both sides, both to the leadership team, but also to that newest class of interns. I think it's crucial and really smart, Jeff. That's great to hear. So obviously those newest members of the internship class, they've gone through so much change over the last few years. How has the internship program really changed over the last two years? I know you just joined right prior to the start of the pandemic and the shift to a remote era. So how has the internship changed? Yeah, it's well, the, the last couple of years, it's been interesting is it's we thought we would see a big dip in interest in it during COVID. That did not occur. I think we actually saw an uptick because some other companies around the country had either paused or shut down completely their intern programs. Uh, and we did not. We, we believed in the benefit and the value of it uh, so much so that we, we kept it going. Uh, we figured out some ways to get creative with it. Obviously, with uh, some of the COVID restrictions, we couldn't do social gatherings and some of those things the same way we normally did. Uh, but we tried to get flexible with it. Uh, but I would say the big part of it for now that, that we focused in on even more is creating those social connections. It, and it was it was always a part of the program, but I think with the last couple of years of, of pandemic-related stress and anxiety that really has impacted, 
I think everybody at some level. Uh, I think it's more important for us than ever that when we have interns come into the program that we really do create the opportunity for them to have a social support mechanism around them, that there is a sense of community, that they're building relationships, and we create the context to do that. And so we, we've ramped up that effort a little bit more, you know, e- even allowing a little bit more budget to do some of those fun events to get out and, and create those connections. Uh, because again, it's, it, it's always been the case that we ask them to work pretty hard, and so they need that kind of relief valve. Uh, but I think also more than ever after the last couple of years, people need to have uh, that sense of belonging with other people uh, if they're going to be getting together in, in any kind of work environment. Sure, you're creating that community. And I think it probably applies both to their fellow interns and then also to their coworkers for the 12 weeks that they're with Sweetwater. And getting that networking opportunity, I think networking is certainly becoming such a, a growing necessity. Mm-hmm. for young up-and-coming employees and understanding the value of networking with tools such as LinkedIn and growing your work network. I think creating those opportunities within the program is so smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that's well said. And and I was just, interestingly, I was talking to a young college student a couple of weeks ago, not one in our intern program, who was out there looking for a career, graduating from school. Uh, and this particular individual uh, for whatever reason, nobody had ever talked to him about the benefit of networking or getting, he didn't even have a LinkedIn profile. And so I was talking to him and saying, look, you, you got to get set up on this and, right. and understand how to make those connections. Right. Uh, but I think when you're in that phase of being la- laser focused on a career, you can get in that mode of, hey, I just need to go find the job, find the job posting without realizing a lot of the opportunities that happen out there in the world or not because somebody posted for it, but it's because somebody had a friend and you've got to be developing those connections in a really active way, even at the earliest stages of your career. Absolutely. And even at that early stage, that's just helping you learn what your next step could be and what the possible options are for career growth when you're just starting out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Earlier this week, I just spoke with our intern group and they had kind of asked, well, what, what pieces of advice do you have for us in the program? And the two things were, I said, one, roll up your sleeves, dive into the work, take advantage of the opportunity and figure out how to make your boss's life better. So you you can never go wrong if you make your boss's life better. Good advice. It'll it'll be amazing how opportunities open up for you. And it's not a foolproof plan. There are bad bosses out there. So it's not a hundred percent guarantee, but pretty, pretty good chance that your odds for success and next steps are going to go well if you make your boss's life better. And then I said two, so that, or I probably should say 1A and 1B, uh, but 1B over the course of the internship is build the relationships. Is if if you come into us and spend the time with us over the summer and do amazing work, but you're just functioning in a silo and you never get connected to anybody, that's not really a true win. It's got to be both hand. Come in and do the work, make your boss's life better, but build the relationships and connections in the midst of it all. And now, a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Swag.com. Hey, HR Works listeners. I know we've all received at least a few corporate gifts or branded swag items in the past. T-shirts, pens, stress balls, you name it. But really, how many of those items did you end up actually keeping? Probably not many. And that's why you need to check out Swag.com for all your swag needs going forward. It's the best place to buy custom gifts and swag that people actually want to keep. 
Swag.com carries items from the premium brands that we all know and love, such as the North Face, Yeti, Nike, JBL, and so much more. And they can all be customized with your company logo and artwork. You can even create custom swag boxes full of great branded items, all delivered in a fully unique and stylish box. I'm already inspired to send a few items to my team members as they prep for their return to the office, and I know they'll love some of these great products from Swag.com. And guess what? With Swag.com, you can store your swag in their warehouse and ship to individual addresses or send in bulk to one single location and manage it all from their free-to-use online portal. Swag.com couldn't make it easier. Go to Swag.com today for the perfect swag and custom gifts for your company. So here's the deal. I have a special offer to help get you started today with 10% off your next Swag.com order, but only when you go to Swag.com slash HRWorks and enter promo code HRWorks10. Remember, for 10% off, go to Swag.com slash HRWorks and use the promo code HRWorks10. Remember, the best place for swag is Swag.com. And now back to our episode. So building that relationship, that's a great segue. How has the relationship changed between both the employer and employee, even the intern and the employer? How have you seen that change over the last few years? There's been a shift in the workforce. Mm -hmm. Has that trickled down to the internship program as well? Yeah, I think so. I think with the labor market being tight, uh, I think especially coming out of uh, COVID and, and maybe having some sense of returning to something that looks more normal, uh, I think there's more competition than ever before. So uh, in, even intern candidates have a lot of options available to them, especially the really good ones. Uh, we do get the benefit of being the premier employer in the music industry, that anybody who's passionate about music, we tend to be their first choice. So we, we kind of do have that advantage, which is uh, pretty neat for us. Uh, but certainly it is a competitive field and that translates into a lot of things that translates into expectations around intern compensation. For example, uh, if you would have gone back a few years ago, even, uh, it wasn't unusual that some companies would have unpaid internships. Right. Um, we've always had a paid internship, uh, but increasingly that's gotten, uh, more and more rare where anybody would do an unpaid internship, uh, partly because there's just, a I think a better recognition that, hey, if somebody's working for you, you ought to be paying them something, uh, that giving them the experience is good, but it may not be enough. Uh, but we, we've seen pressure on that in terms of expectations around compensation. And I think just continued pressures and expectations about how high, how high quality is the experience. Uh, and, and we're always focused on making our program better. Um, uh, so that we're kind of always thinking that way anyway but we're also really cognizant of the idea that uh, we have to keep making it better. We have to keep upping the game uh, because there are other employers out there and, and the best talent out there is going to have their pick of where they want to go. And so we've got to have a program that stands out so that, that uh, candidates will continually want to choose us first. It's interesting. So in my role, having conversations with many members of the HR community, we're always talking about the great resignation and the challenge of bringing in new talent and that you really need to be thinking about not just being competitive in salary, but creating that great culture and experience. It seems as if that also applies now to the internship program, and that's what interns are looking for. So it's not just bringing in top talent into your workforce immediately, but bringing in talent into your pipeline and creating that experience that will attract top talent. Yeah, I think that's very well said and exactly right. And it's it's really at any stage where you find somebody that you would want to add to your team. I mean, in this in this case, we're just 
getting individuals before they've graduated from college. Uh, but if they had never come into our internship program, odds are we would be finding them on LinkedIn a year later and trying to recruit them anyway, and, and then trying to sell them on why they should choose Sweetwater over something else. So it really is just entering into that pipeline at an earlier stage and creating a compelling employee value proposition that they want to attach themselves to. Absolutely. And as you mentioned, it's a competitive market. I mean, you, you've had, as you said, a thousand applicants for this latest round. That's only going to continue to grow, I'd imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing we love about it, too, is it's it's an opportunity. One, it kind of gives us the benefit of on-the-job evaluation, right? Because when they come into the internship program, we've made no formal commitment to a full-time hire on the other side. We, we do let them know that there's lots of opportunity for that, but there's no guarantee. So they get the benefit of trying us out in a way and, and deciding whether they like us, and we get the benefit of trying them out. And so there's a mutuality to that that I think is good and healthy. But if we both like each other at the end of the day, then why, why wouldn't we keep, keep that relationship going and bring them on as a full-time team member? Absolutely. So Jeff, are there any other long-term benefits to organizations in building a really successful internship program? Yeah, I think, I mean, we've, we've covered a lot of it, but I would say I, the other thing that I love about it is I love the way with our existing team, it connects them back to shaping the career journeys of those who are just earlier stage. Uh, there's a real tangible injection of energy that we get in the summer when you bring in 40 plus 20 somethings, right? How, how could you not, right? There's, a, there's just a, an energy and enthusiasm, you know, uh, a, a, a bright perspective, some new thinking on some things. And, and that's healthy for all of our team members to be exposed to and, and to get connected to. And then it also just gives them another opportunity to do kind of a take a give back approach, right? So again, we're asking the interns to come in and really do the hard work. Uh, but we are asking our managers and our leaders to have a mindset of shaping and mentoring and bringing these folks along. And I think anytime you have an opportunity to give back to somebody, it, it does something in your own heart and soul that is good for you. And that then can flow back out into the rest of the company in a lot of ways. So I just love the idea that it kind of creates this natural rhythm every summer for us uh, of putting a different level of energy and and thinking into the company, which I don't know that I could tangibly measure all the outcomes attached to that, uh, but I know that they're there. Right. And that ties back to the holistic approach that you had mentioned early on and that we'd also talked to Dr. Crystal about in the social component and also the career growth component. Maybe not even just growing your own career, but helping someone else grow, I'm sure will help and can teach employees so much about themselves in the process. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so great. So looking at building a program, what are some of the biggest challenges organizations are facing in building their internship programs? Yeah, I think if you don't have one, I think sometimes the the idea of starting one can just get overcomplicated. You know, obviously we're doing this at a pretty decent scale right now, but it didn't start this way. Right. You know, it's, it started with let's grab three or four people and bring them in and give them some work to do and just start there. And I, I think the easiest thing to do is not to go into it with the idea that you've got to come out of the gate with 40 or 50 or 100 interns, but just grab a couple and, and figure out what are some projects, what are some things that you can give them to do 
uh, understanding that there's going to be a learning curve, but where you can really benefit from some additional horsepower uh, on the team, uh, and then just create some opportunities to connect with some folks around your organization. So I think keeping it keeping it simple is the the really the recipe for getting going with it. Uh, and again, I think you got to have somebody, at least one person in the organization. Uh, of course, the HR person has to be a champion of it, but probably at least have one other person, preferably a senior leader that believes in the idea in a big way. And we've always had the benefit of that from the earliest days is our, our senior most leaders have always loved the idea of doing this program. I think you have to make sure that you've rallied some support within the organization, that it's not just an HR concept. Uh, but if you've got that, if you've got some senior leadership support, uh, you kind of are willing to start simple and get the ball rolling and build from there, uh, then, I, then I don't think it's hard to get moving with it. Uh, but you kind of got to have the courage to try something new and, and to get moving with it and, and realize that you're going to learn and grow along the way. And that's OK. Right. As with any great initiatives, you need that support from the top to really make change and instill that within the organization. So thanks for that, Jeff. If you had to pick one key element or one thing that an organization could do differently in their internship program, what would that be? What could you recommend? Uh, yeah, I, I'll give you two. Yes, for one, I'll give you two. I like it. Uh, the, I would say the first one, again, is, is make sure you're taking some courageous chances and giving your interns real work. If you are, that's great. Uh, if you're not, uh, I believe, and we've proven it out over years, uh, that uh, 18 and 19 and 20 and 21-year-olds are capable of doing way more and running with way more than what I think some organizations give them credit for. So uh, I would encourage you to get a little bit uncomfortable with how much you're entrusting to them. Uh, and I believe you'll see the benefits of that uh, once, once you do so. Uh, and, and the second one I would say, and, and maybe it kind of runs parallel to that, is, is raise the bar. Don't be thinking in terms of just bringing anybody in uh, that can check the box and fill the seat, but really look at these interns as individuals that if you do it right, have the capability to come in and shape the entire future of the company. I had read a statistic recently that 75% of Domino's franchise owners started as delivery drivers. Wow. And you wouldn't typically think about that, right? You wouldn't think about if you, if you were in a Domino's operation, thinking about, I better get the best quality delivery driver that I possibly can and shape them because at some point they're going to be driving the future of my organization. Uh, but if you did, you've put yourself in a really strong position. And so I think there, there in some intern programs, I think there can be a tendency to think, hey, I just got to go get a college kid to throw into this thing. I, we tend to think about it, and I think it's good to think about it way more strategically than that, is there is a, a real long tail benefit to, to finding the right people that are going to fall in love with your organization and want to make a career with you and, and shape it in a positive way. And so because of that, just really make sure you're, you're holding the bar really high uh, for the quality of interns that you bring in. Right. That's having long-term goals with the work and with the intent of the program. Really smart. Jeff, thank you for those two pieces of advice. we got a bonus one in there too, so I really do appreciate that. Again, we're here with Jeff Osterman, Senior Vice President and Chief People Officer at Sweetwater. Now, Jeff, you shared so much about the internship program and offered some great insight and advice there. But just looking at you and, and talking more back to your experience, 
so much has changed with the onset of the COVID pandemic and with shifting workplaces and shifting expectations in the workplace. What have you learned that has made you a better leader over the last two years? Yeah, great question. And I don't think I'm alone in this, uh, but certainly I've experienced it in a pretty profound way. I think I've had to learn uh, to slow down a little bit and create more space for empathy with individuals. Uh, not that it was completely lacking. I would like to think that you know I had that uh, skill set and was capable of demonstrating that in the past. But the whole world, and and again, I think every individual has just been so through so much over the last couple of years, and it's challenging if you're a, coming into work every day and you're in an organization that is serving customers, which we all are at some level, uh, you've got to be there for them. There, there's work that has to be done. There's deadlines that have to be met. There's there's things that have to be pressed on. Uh, and it's always a balance to figure out how do you bring humanity into that equation. Um, you know, we, we don't have the luxury of being therapists for everybody that we work with, and, and we can't be because there's work that has to get done. Uh, but I think I've really tried to embrace just carving out moments, uh, being more intentionally present, uh, because individuals are are deserving of those human connections at work. And and when we do that, it's just the right thing to do to care for people well. Uh, but then the the secondary benefit of it is, I think it also ends up creating more affinity from them for the workplace and for the work that gets done. And, and they bring more of the best of themselves into it when that happens. But it's a day in, day out effort when there's a lot of plates spinning. Uh, I don't think it's anything you really master or anybody arrives at. It's just a, a daily discipline that needs to be exercised. Oh, it's definitely a work in progress. And as you mentioned, I think we all had a level of empathy and it's just raised the bar and opened up for certainly more over the last few years. Thanks for sharing that, Jeff. You bet. So with that, do you have any advice that you've leaned on as a professional in your professional growth that you could pass along to our audience of HR professionals to help them in their careers? Yeah, I think one thing, and this would just it would be pretty broad-based maybe leadership advice that certainly applies to HR professionals, and I think it connects back to some of what this dialogue that we've had uh, about the last couple of years of what we've all been through. I think it's just really critical that every individual, and especially those of us who are exercising some level of leadership, really figures out kind of what is their, uh, I'll call it their moral center, their core, where is that place that they're really drawing their energy and, and identity and almost a sense of being, if I you know kind of get philosophical with it, where are you drawing that from and, and where do you have clarity on that? If you really peel back the layers of the onion to discover what that is uh, for yourself, uh, because I th- what I've seen is I think in the absence of that, uh, and this is can be a tendency even for myself as well, is we can sometimes, when we talk about the importance of work or leading teams or leading organizations or being HR professionals, there can be a danger to attach ourselves to the work too much. Uh, or, or to attach ourselves to things that um, can easily change or be thrown out of whack. And I think, you know, a lot of us went through that the last couple of years where I think the individuals that I saw or worked alongside that had kind of a real strong sense of what their core and foundation was, were able to weather the last couple of years better. Whereas if everything that you were about was attached to your job title or the role that you had, or the sense of 
calm that you had been able to shape within your organization, a lot of that got blown up and a lot of people, you know, life got messy in the midst of that. Uh, and so I think just taking the time to figure out, you know, wh- where is that, f- that strong foundation that I'm going to kind of set my feet on is just absolutely critical. And then that's what gives you the endurance to press through this ever-changing work environment that we're in. And, and one that I don't think is going to settle back down into what it was. I think we, we have entered into a, a different environment and, and, uh, a more dynamic labor market. And we're now having more conversations about recession and headwinds and global economy. And so it, it, it's not going to get any simpler or easier, which I think just makes all the more uh, reason that we've got to figure out what, what is that foundation that we're leaning into so that we can endure those things and lead effectively in the midst of them. I love that advice, Jeff. I mean, that's the one thing that really helped teams and organizations get through the changes of the last two years was understanding who they were at their core, what the brand was, what the mission was, what the corporate culture was. That also applies to the employees and understanding what are your anchors? Who are you? What defines you? And really helps steady the course with so much changing. Uh, that's some great advice just for organizations and for employees and for people leaders in general. That's, that's awesome advice. Thank you for that, Jeff. You're welcome. All right. So before we wrap, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Anything you're excited about going on either at Sweetwater or in your personal life? Well, thanks for asking. Uh, you know, I would just say too, I would encourage everybody out there who's listening is really, if you're in an HR role, and, and I know if you've come into it with a sense of passion and commitment, I'm probably preaching to the choir here, but I just believe that the moment is truly now for leaders in the HR profession to, to stand up and take the responsibility and the opportunity to, to shape their organizations more proactively than maybe what they've ever done in the past is there are just, there need to be stronger voices out there that are championing the human element of work while fully supporting the, the work that needs to be done to, to serve customers and, and get products and services out the door. Uh, so it's not that we can, can remove ourselves from the core drive of what the business is about but I think this el- the human element needs to be raised more so than ever before, and HR professionals are in the prime position to do that. So I would cur- encourage anyone out there listening, if you haven't stepped into that courageously, uh, take the time to do it, because I think the window is really now for that. And, and that's a lot of what we've been thinking about uh, at Sweetwater. Uh, and then I guess second on top of that is, if anyone out there listening is a... Uh, musician and, and looking for a fun company to join, come talk to us. It's a tight labor market. And we got phenomenal opportunities and and we're having a lot of fun and growing like crazy. So uh, I'm a, we're always out there looking for good people and, and love to talk to folks who have that kind of passion. And you don't actually have to be a musician. I should qualify it with that. I, I'm actually not a musician uh, and I've had a lot of fun working with a lot of passionate people at Sweetwater uh, and we're always looking for more good people to join our team. Okay. And for anyone looking to learn more, do you have a website you could send our listeners to? Uh, yeah, sweetwater.com. And then all of our uh, career openings are at sweetwater.com slash careers. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you. So Jeff Osterman, Senior Vice President and Chief People Officer at Sweetwater. One last question before we wrap up here. I love learning what motivates people. So when you wake up in the morning, Jeff, and your feet hit the floor, what is the first thing that gets you motivated to start your day? Yeah, great question. Uh I would say uh, I've got four little girls at home and a beautiful wife 
and they're always on my mind and they're a big part of it. And, and then I would say right next to that is uh, a number of years ago, I really came to a pretty deep, uh, deeply held belief that a part of what I'm really called to do, and so it goes back to what we were talking about, kind of this sense of mission and purpose and foundation is a huge part of what I'm called to do is to, to help bring order out of chaos and creatively build things that improve the condition of human beings. And so even when it's a hard day, even when I'm tired, even when things aren't going well, I just try to go back to that sense of purpose and remind myself of that. Uh, and, th and that gives me a little bit more energy, uh, a little bit more resolve to, to step into whatever I need to. So connecting that sense of purpose with the people uh, in my life, my family, who I love and care for most, uh, when I put those two things together, it, it, it tends to set me off on the right path. Okay. That's a, that's a great motivator. I love it. So thank you again, Jeff. And again, Jeff Osterman, thank you for joining the HR Works podcast. It was great learning so much about not only just how to build an internship program, but really setting teams up for success in the long term. So thanks again, Jeff, for joining and hope we can do this again soon. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the HR Works podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes every Tuesday and follow us on all major streaming platforms including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible.